Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm David Golay, the bike editor at Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Okay, so for this week's show, I sat down with Rich Fro, the marketing manager at Fanatic, our recommended bike shop in Bellingham, Washington, in the Fanatic shop to talk about everything that they're up to, as well as the history of Fanatic. And for those of you who maybe aren't familiar, it's a really good one, because Fanatic was founded in 2005 to service the really dedicated, diehard mountain biking community in Bellingham. And to that point, there hadn't really been a shop that catered to the needs of the serious mountain biker specifically, Enter Fanatic. And now they have both an excellent presence in Bellingham proper, as well as a big online presence at fanaticbike.com. And on the website, as we'll get into in the episode, you can check out their amazing bike and wheel builders, where you can spec out your custom bike and wheels of your dreams. And if you swing by the shop in person, you can take advantage of their excellent service and technical expertise and a whole bunch more good stuff that we get into in this episode. So with that, let's get right to my conversation with Rich. Well, Rich, great to be sitting down over here in the shop with you and great to be up in Bellingham. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Stoked to have you up here. It's a beautiful sunny day, so that's kind of nice. We had some rain the last couple days, but... Now it's primetime riding season. Yeah, it's getting there. Really feeling like spring and uh, excited to get out. Well, to start it off, why don't you just tell us a bit about Fanatic, kind of what your role is there and about the shop in general. When was it founded and all that good stuff? Yeah, so Fanatic is a full-service mountain bike shop here in Bellingham, Washington. We started in 2005. Our owners, Mark and Kathy Salisbury, their son was like racing downhill at the time and Amazingly enough, there wasn't any shop in town that had like the gear for downhill racers. And uh, so they were kind of just like, hey, let's start a shop. Like, let's get all these kids kitted out, like get them the gear they need. And that's kind of how things started here. Um, just a local shop. And then in 2009, we actually started selling stuff online as well. So that's become a big part of our business. But we are still a local shop right here in Bellingham, Washington. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's kind of most interesting and unique about Fanatic is that you guys are just really focused on mountain biking and kind of mostly mid to high end stuff. It's sort of a very core mountain bike shop and not doing too much other stuff in a way that's unique and cool. Definitely. Like when we started out, it was a full service, you know, every kind of bike. But as we've grown over the years, we've just really honed in on like aggressive downhill gravity oriented mountain biking is what the riding out here is like. And so it's kind of where our focus went. And obviously that's how the shop started was a focus on getting downhill parts in Bellingham. So yeah, pretty cool. For sure. And then tell us a bit about what you do at Fanatic. What's your role here? Yeah. So I am actually the marketing manager here. Uh, We have a whole team. I've got four guys on my team that we deal with just the marketing aspects of Fanatic. We have a YouTube channel, big social media following. So we focus on all of that. Um, I did start here, what, like four years ago. And when I started, I was just doing um, customer service for our online business. And it was actually just me at that point doing answering phones. We have like a chat feature on the website. So it was just me, pop up, window would pop up and, hey, uh, I got a question about this part. I used to do just that stuff. And then we just started growing and growing and growing with mountain biking, as we've seen in the last couple of years. And, uh, we kind of hired some more customer service people to help out with the phones and the chat. 
And then there was just like so much content we wanted to create about all of these bike parts we're carrying. So needed a marketing manager and I stepped into that role pretty stoked. We've got a graphic designer, a video guy, and then Dan, kind of my right-hand man. Um, he's in a lot of our videos and he kind of helps with all, like the email marketing and all that good stuff. Yeah, a bunch of cool stuff in there. So one of the things that you guys do really well, I think, is that you've got this really good sort of photo and video sort of set of stuff that you're doing. And yeah. like the custom builds, we'll get into that more in a minute here, but the whole gallery of those things on the website are super cool. There's a lot of just really nicely put together custom builds that you guys are showing off and a lot of good stuff going on there. So we kind of talked about the origins of Fanatic and sort of who yeah. the original people were trying to target, but who do you see as being your target customer these days and kind of what range does that cover and all that kind of stuff? Definitely. It's the mountain biker. Like I mentioned, we are a mountain bike specific shop. Um, we do, we spo- what we specialize in is custom builds. So we have a custom wheel builder. We hand build all of our wheels here. Our mechanics are absolute wizards. Like I couldn't build a wheel if my life depended on it, but those guys are like cranking wheels out all day. And then we also do our um, custom mountain bikes, which is we start at a frame and we spec it out exactly as you want. And so it's definitely like a higher end mountain bike customer that's that's going after the custom builds because it's it's not going to be cheap to get a bike like that. But we also love carrying, you know, some like entry level mountain bikes to get people in the game. Like you look at like that Ripmo AF, which is a super popular mountain bike these last couple of years. And that's because it's a $3,200 full suspension bike that is decked out with everything you need. Great suspension, great 12 speed drivetrain and like that's getting so many people into the sport, which is really cool. So, you know, they might come to us for that Ritmo AF as their first bike. And then as they slowly, you know, get that bug and mountain biking really takes hold, they're going to start looking at, oh man, like I want to get this $5,000 bike, but I don't like that fork on it. Like I want to swap it out. And we kind of can start at that frame and build out a full custom build. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. And you've got a really good online tool for it too. So you can just go through step by step, do each little thing. You've got really nice notes in that on kind of what's actually available in stock and all the rest, which has obviously been a big deal last yeah. couple of years, especially. And and, and that's like a, a component of the website. Like when I first found out about Fanatic, it was basically just like our builder was a list and it would walk you through like, hey, choose this frame. And then it gives you the list of compatible forks and step by step. And I think maybe four years ago, we were able to put together a visual bike builder. So when you're online, you can see the bikes starting to get assembled right in front of your eyes. And it's it's really cool because you can play around with different, you know, colors and, and whatnot and see it like, oh, actually, that's not going to work with this bike. Like, that's going to look kind of funky. Um, but you can dial it in, make it look exactly like you want. And that's definitely our specialty is, is the custom bikes here. Yeah. So... Kind of on a somewhat related note, we touched on this a little bit too, but tell us a bit more about the mountain bike scene in Bellingham generally. You already, as you alluded yeah. to, there's, it's a lot of steep, aggressive, gravity-oriented stuff around here, but this go place, deeper on that. Yeah, this place is crazy. You know, you, you have a lot of other places claiming to be the mecca of mountain biking and, you know, riding in Park City and Sedona and bentonville i've never been out there but apparently they're the mountain bike capital of the world (laughs) but you come to bellingham and this place is special uh it's definitely more gravity oriented riding the dirt is always good it's it's pretty insane uh 
you know, we, we grind up fire roads here a bit more. Like other places, you might be riding some single track, and that's cool if you want. But here, it's like everybody wants to get to the top to get down as fast as they can because that's, that's where the fun is. And you look at Galbraith Mountain, which is where all of our local trails are, and it's not like anywhere else. You've got jumps everywhere. You've got like flowy trails. You've got techie trails. It's, it's a really special place. For sure. There's a lot of good stuff up here. And yeah. uh, and that Pacific Northwest dirt, like you just can't beat it. Like it, it holds the water so well and it's tacky. It's, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. And it, it's, you know, the place gets a rap for just being wet all the time and stuff. But like you said, the dirt here just works when it's wet. It's, you know, it, it is wet, but it's okay. It's not like a lot of places where you have this clay goo that turns into peanut butter and yeah. it's just unrideable. I, I grew up in Utah riding and it's great. You can go ride beautiful single track for miles and miles, but if it rains, you got to wait a couple of days to get back out there. Out here, we're pretty lucky. You know, I don't love riding in the rain, but you totally can. But a couple of days after a rain, the, the dirt is insane. Yep. Does tend to be pretty sweet. And so sort of to go hand in hand with that, what kind of bikes are you selling the most of to local folks? And what's, what are some of the big movers around here and what kind of categories are we looking at? Yeah. So definitely the enduro category is going to be kind of our, our premier category. We're shipping the most bikes out that are these big, long travel bikes and local customers, you know, like a, a one fifty trail bike is probably a lot of bike for most places, but that's like your general trail bike here. And then a lot of people are riding the big one seventy bikes just because it's steep it's rooty it's fast it's downhill oriented and uh that's definitely what most people here are buying but you can also look at bikes like the say the transition spur things a down country bike i hate that term but um it's it's a sweet bike and it's still really fun out here and so a lot of people are kind of discovering these shorter travel bikes are pretty sweet too so we, we do sell the whole gamut and everything from the 120 bike up to the 170 Bruiser. I'd say the only thing we don't really sell is like a dedicated cross-country bike. Yeah, like you said, probably the median ends up skewing a little longer travel and a little more aggressive than it would a lot of places. Yes, something like a specialized stump jumper Evo, like it's a 150 bike, got a 64 degree head tube. That yeah. thing, you can ride everything in town on that bike. And so that's kind of the perfect bike for around here might be a really aggressive bike if say you were in utah or colorado or something you'd want some shorter travel like revel ranger transi- transition spur those would be better bikes in those areas but yeah mid travel to long travel is is the key out here and so you touched on a few of them already but um take us through the brands that you guys are carrying and kind of any particular models maybe that are selling super well of late if you got anything yeah on that so front. obviously there's the the local brands transition bikes we sell all of their stuff um evil bikes as well they just moved up here a couple of years ago from seattle uh we also carry revel which is based out of colorado i'm loving those bikes like that ranger which is their shorter travel down country bike totally underrated people think about that transition spur and they're like that's all anyone wants. Bad news. Those aren't available. <laughs> uh, but that Ranger, we've got a couple of those. I love that thing. Uh, and then forbidden bikes. If you've seen, you know, the high pivot witchcraft, the, uh, the high pivot bikes are hot these days and I'm riding a dreadnought myself, which is their long travel bike. Love that. We also carry specialized and Norco. So we got, we got a pretty wide selection of bikes. Yeah, that's a that's a good range of stuff and a bunch of cool options in there. Yeah. 
yeah, anything in particular that feels like it's been selling super well of late? Any real strong movers? Uh, I mean, obviously the supply chain things have been difficult, but this year things are changing. We're starting to see a lot of more, lot more bikes kind of rolling through here. I would definitely say that specialized stump jumper Evo, that thing is moving really well. We got a lot of those that are going out the door every day. Um, Revel, we got the Rascal and the Ranger, which the Rascals are 130 bike, Rangers are 120 bike. Both of those are moving. They got that new Rail 29. We're hoping to see those pretty soon. I have a feeling that's going to move pretty quick because it's a 150, 160 bike. It's it's going to be a good do-it-all weapon, kind of similar to that Stumpy Evo. Yeah, those look cool. And yeah. we should be getting on one pretty soon to start reviewing it. So excited for that. It looks I think, very promising. Yeah. Dan is actually on one right now. He just purchased one, um, but he's he's riding a media bike right now that we'll have some content coming out on, and he's been pretty fired up on that bike. So nice, it, and they look good. They, look they really are good. really sharp looking bikes, yeah. And I actually haven't been on anything from them yet. Though we've had a few other reviewers on the uh, original rail, the twenty seven five version, yeah. and the um, the Ranger, and people were. Yeah. very very impressed with both of those so you're gonna be stoked when you get on that rail 29 like it is a 155 bike but that cbf suspension pedals so well like when i rode the rail 27.5 which is 170 bike i never would have thought i was pedaling a 170 bike around yeah that was so. kind of similar to what our folks were saying about those two so yeah that seems cool very excited to get on that and check it out and so to kind of tie in there then does it seem like the kind of, I don't know if you want to call it the median bike or whatever that you're selling online to someone elsewhere in the world is, is significantly different than what you tend to sell around town here, or is it still kind of the same target for the most part? I think it's definitely similar. Um, our online customers obviously are coming to us because they're like, these are the guys that know these gravity-oriented bikes, and it, it is definitely a trend to see people over-biking themselves. <laughs> so you're buying a bike that's got maybe a little more travel than you need, Um Luckily, all of these new bikes are super efficient peddlers. Like you can look at that, like my Dreadnought. It's it's a one seventy four cut front, one fifty four. I can pedal it all day though, because these these bikes are so efficient. Um, but no, I'd definitely say we're shipping very similar bikes to to what is selling locally. We might be shipping like say like an Ibis Ripley. We'll be shipping those bikes left and right. Fewer people are buying them in town. They're going to buy something like a Ripmo, which is their mid-travel bike. Going a little bigger, yeah. And on that note, too, I mean, how widely do you ship? And what, what's the what's it look like if you're someone who's saying, hey, I'm going to go onto Fanatic site, order custom build. How does that take us through kind of the process of ordering one and getting it shipped and all that stuff if you're yes. not local? So if you're not local, we can ship these bikes anywhere in the U.S., which is really cool. I know that some bike shops might not like that, but these are all brands that allow they, they ship bikes. Um, we basically, you can go onto our website, you can go into the visual builder. And it'll start out, it'll have all of our brands that we carry available. You can choose what brand you want to build a bike from. Once you get into that step, it'll take you to all of the frames that are available that we carry. You'll choose the frame. We've got product descriptions there. So you know like, oh, this is a 120 bike. This is a 150 bike. This is a 170 bike. Select the one that you want. And then that the builder is going to walk you through step-by-step, step, allowing you to select only compatible products. That's something that some people get hung up on. They're like, oh my God, there's so many options. Like I don't want to choose the wrong fork. 
but we've done all the hard work. We, we did all our homework and made sure like this fork is the fork that is compatible with this bike. This drivetrain works with this bike and it's going to walk you through step-by-step. Step. You're going to be able to build the bike. You're going to see it visually in front of you in that visual bike builder and you click submit order, pay for it. We go out, pull all the parts. Our mechanics who, like I said, are absolute wizards are going to build it all up, build you some sweet custom wheels. And then we have a whole system of packing the bikes. So we've got like a, a big box and we partially disassemble it, take the wheels off, take the fork off, zip tie everything in there. It's nice and secure. Ship it off to you four or five days later. It's at your doorstep and you're throwing it together and riding your new bike. So it's a pretty seamless, seamless uh, transition from ordering the bike to getting the bike and if anybody's ever confused by that builder, we've got a great customer service team that can walk you through it, answer all your questions, get you kitted. Yeah. I haven't actually ever ordered a bike through you guys, but I've, <laughs> I have gone through the builder just to play around with it. And it's impressive how kind of well sorted out it is and just how easy it is to go through the steps, see what you're getting built. And like you said, it does a really nice job of paring down the options to what works with the various yeah. combination stuff you've already selected so you're not having to wade through compatibility and all that kind of stuff it's all handled for you pretty and, cleanly and like you said you've never ordered a bike from us but you've played on that thing so it's it's free to use you can get on there and just dream up the wildest craziest bike you want and you don't have to order it you don't have to worry about that we would love to see you order you know a, a nice fully kitted out bike but uh you can play on there we get a lot of kids actually from like Australia that'll play on it and then they'll chat into our customer service team. It's pretty funny. They're just like, can I have this bike for free? A lot of times when I was doing customer service, I could see where they're chatting in from and I'd tell them, yeah, if you buy a $10,000 t-shirt, I'll send you a bike for free. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just a uh, custom price on the shirt. Yeah, and exactly. Throw the bike in. Yeah. yeah. There you go. How about any other bits of gear? Is there anything else parts wise that's been selling super well? Anything that's been popular with folks in town? I mean, so yeah, we, we do sell everything you would need. Drivetrain bits, cockpit parts, brakes. Um, I would say the biggest thing as of late is with the supply chain issues, drivetrains have been pretty difficult to get. We just got a huge shipment of Shimano stuff, which is insane. We haven't seen that stuff for like two years. And so that's been really popular. We're seeing a lot of Shimano drivetrains go out. We've got um, SRAM Axis stuff. So they're electronic shifting, which I have my own views about batteries and bikes and things. Uh, but electronic shifting is actually really cool. I am running GX Axis myself, and I've actually got it set up with Shimano drivetrain bits. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Chain and cassette. Yep. And, chain yeah. cassette, chain ring is all Shimano, but then I have the electronic shifter and it is pretty cool i get it you're just ditching some cables but it makes everything look so clean i'm pretty fired up on that and uh the gx axis stuff we've got a bunch of that that's been going out the door which is really cool so cool and the gx is working pretty well too i've got a oh, lot yeah. of time on the x01 axis but i've not actually gotten on the gx version yet. yeah i'm pretty fired up on the gx because it's it's cheaper than the xx1 or the, the x01 and it functions exactly the same the only difference is it's um, a steel cage instead of the aluminum on the, the the derailleur. And so it weighs a little bit more, 
but I don't notice any weight in my derailleur. <laughs> yeah, that's not <laughs> one where... You're never going to notice no. it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to hear. Um, yeah. Hoping to get on that at some point. Haven't yet, but... Uh, I mean, even yeah. here in the wet weather, I haven't had any issues with it. And I don't know if you've had any, but... No. That stuff is is pretty dialed. I think that's definitely the way that, that things are going to go. Wireless electronics, pretty... Pretty weird, pretty wild. But. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as you sort of diplomatically alluded to, I'm not necessarily thrilled at the idea of putting batteries on yeah. stuff, but I totally admit that it does work super, super well and yeah. have had no issues with it. The Battery life is really good. I'm waiting for is a 200 meter or 200 millimeter reverb dropper post because I have freakishly long legs and they only come in a 170 millimeter. And so I'd have to run my dropper super far out of the frame. But if they come out with a 200 one, like I'm going to be a sucker for that. Because the cool thing about that too is you could actually just buy one dropper post and put it in multiple bikes. Because, yeah. And you don't have to route any cables. It's just like, oh, I want to go ride my hardtail today. Like pull it out of my full suspension, put it in there. So the price like kind of throws people off. It's an $800 dropper post. But if you have to buy two $400 dropper posts for your bikes, you just buy one. Yeah, I mean, it does. There are make definitely advantages. Swap yeah. super quick and easy. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about how you have your dreadnought built up while we're on the subject, since yeah, it's what you guys do, right? Custom builds. So, yep. Custom what are you running? So, um, this one actually, I I was flipping bikes, you know, like riding something for six months, checking out a new one. But I got this dreadnought right when they got released. Forbidden told us about the bike, and I was like, cool, just put me down for one. Like, I have to have that bike because I loved their shorter travel druid and got the dreadnought about two years ago. And I don't think I'm going to sell it because I love that thing. Um, I've got a 180 Zeb up front. So I bumped the travel up a little there, uh, big burly fork. And then I've got a push 11, six on it. So those shocks are really sweet. We sell them for a lot of the bikes that we, we carry custom tuned specific to the kinematics of your bike. And then they have different damper tunes for your weight. So that thing, it's like a magic carpet ride fired up on that. Uh, then, like I said, my drivetrain, I'm running a Shimano SRAM hybrid thing where I've got Shimano cassette, Shimano chain, Shimano um, chain ring to get all those hyperglide benefits where you can shift under load. And then I've got the GX axis uh, derailleur on there. So I've got the wireless shifting and it's pretty sweet. Uh, running a one up 210 dropper post. I got really excited because they came out with that 240 dropper post. Been wanting one of those forever because, like I said, I got long legs. But because it's a full suspension bike, that seat tube is interrupted, so I couldn't get it far enough in the frame. So I put it on my hardtail. Got a 240 on the hardtail. Okay. Uh, but I got a 210 in the Dreadnought Chromag saddle that I've had forever. And then my wheels, I have a set of We Are One Unions laced to the Industry 9 Hydra Hubs. I've actually had that wheel set on a couple bikes because I love those wheels. They they ride great. They're pretty bomb-proof. They have a lifetime warranty on them. I think the, the dude who's our general manager, Joey, was uh, one of our lead mechanics, and he built those wheels for me. I haven't had to do anything to them in three years now, so... Pretty fired up on those wheels. I definitely think they will go on whatever next bike I get, too. Yeah, I'm a big fan of those as well. I've got a couple pairs in the rotation. Yeah. And uh, and you got to ride that bike, the, the I did. arrival. Yeah, so. spent some time on that last year. Um, reviews up on the site for people to check out. But 
that was really one of the standout bikes from last year for me that I got to ride. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it's a really impressive offering. So they're doing some good stuff up there. Yeah, pretty fired up on that. We actually just had three of those show up and they, they sold in minutes because <laughs> that's a super, super sought after bike. I really want to get on one. Um, I'm actually excited this summer. There's a big mountain bike festival here in town called the Tune Up, and uh, they're going to be doing demos in town. And We Are One is going to come down with some of their bikes and be part of that demo. And we're going to be teaming up with them in July for that. That so I'm pretty fired up. I hope that I can get on one, but I know everybody that there is going to want to ride that bike. So we'll see. Oh, that'll be super cool. Tell us a little more about the event more generally. Yeah. So Tune Up, it's going to be music, bikes, beer, everything here in town. Um, like I said, there are going to be bike demos up on Galbraith. Uh, you have to have the three-day pass, but it gets you free demos up there. And I think Transition's going to be up there. Evil's going to be up there with bikes. Uh, like I mentioned, We Are One's going to be there. We're going to be at their booth helping them demo those bikes. I think TRP, which is a brake, their brakes, uh, they're going to have some stuff up there. I'm super fired up on those brakes, too. I, I have those on my Dreadnought. The DHR Evos? Yeah, I've got the DHR Evo. And I actually just put another set of brakes on another bike I'm riding because those things are sweet. And I think they're going to have demos. Then there's going to be music down at the waterfront. Uh, there's going to be, we have a ton of breweries here in town. So I think all the breweries are going to have uh, booths down there and they're going to have like a little bike tour around town to go to all the breweries. So it's going to be pretty fun three days here. Northwest tune-up, I believe it is July 8th through the 10th, I want to say. So if you're thinking about checking out Bellingham, that would be a sweet time to do it. That sounds like a lot of fun. I think I'll have to make the trip back up for that one. Yeah, definitely fired up. We talked a lot about kind of the custom bike builder and the wheel builder and the stuff that you guys are selling, but let's run through the service side of the shop too, because that's another big part of what you guys do. Yeah, we are. We're still a local shop here in Bellingham and we're happy to service any, any mountain bikes you got. Um, we can service road bikes. We just don't have the parts in in-house so if you need it done soon you're gonna have to unfortunately go elsewhere but if you got a mountain bike we've got a full service center we we do you know your general fork servicing uh we'll rebuild wheels we'll tune your bike so we do it all we got we got wizards in the mechanic zone so yeah it's just you guys really kind of covering all the bases there and we sort of talked about this a little bit too but i'm curious to hear kind of how supply chain stuff feels like it's going these days you know obviously it's been a rough couple of years on that front but you know like you said you just got a big shipment of shimano stuff in yeah. does it feel like any of that stuff's starting to ease up a little bit or how are we doing on that front i think there is a light at the end of the tunnel um i think complete bikes might be a bit of a tricky thing for a little while because there is still some some shortage of parts which is where we come in we can we can build you a custom bike if you can't get that complete you want. Um, but I'm definitely seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Like drivetrain bits are starting to flow in. Forks are starting to flow in. Like everything's kind of starting to normalize out, which I'm I'm pretty fired up on. Yeah, that is good to hear. And we've been hearing kind of mixed but mostly similar stuff from various other industry folks we've been talking to. And one thing that I've heard quite a bit is that it just feels like the bike industry's gotten a lot better at learning how to deal with lead times not being 30 days for everything anymore. And it's like a lot of stuff is taking longer, but we collectively are learning how to just order stuff in a, with more 
advance notice and kind of work around all of it, even if it's not 100% back to quote unquote normal pre-pandemic levels of things. Yeah. Just and, and we have we have a team of buyers here that they're doing that. They're forecasting out like, okay, how many drivetrain bits are we going to need for the next six months? And they're they're ordering maybe larger quantities, but that's just so that we can have have stuff in stock and we we luckily have a little bit more buying power than than just a tiny shop so um we we're getting parts and they're coming in consistently and i think i think it is is going to level out and we're going to we're all going to have bikes and we're all going to be fired up so all of these new riders aren't going to have these headaches that us seasoned vets have had of being like oh my god i'm going to have to let this cassette limp along for two seasons instead of one like i th- i think we're going to be able to swap our cassettes out once a season or maybe even more. Yeah, I'm glad to hear things are easing up, and <laughs> it's been an adventure for a couple of years here. Oh man, it is. It's been such a whirlwind. It was like everyone was kind of freaking out at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, all right, is biking dead? No one's going to bike anymore. And then all of a sudden, it was like everyone figured out being out in the woods is cool, and you can do this by yourself and have a lot of fun and. It was really cool to see a lot of people getting into the sport. Like I mentioned, bikes like that Ritmo AF and the Ripley AF, like it was a lower price point to get in to biking and not have like a crummy experience. Cause in the past, like cheaper bikes might've had pretty so, so components on it. And that's, that's not fun if your brakes don't work properly. Like, and you try biking for the first time, you might be like, you know what? This isn't for me. But now people are getting on these bikes that absolutely rip at a good price point and they're like wait a second like this is the most fun i have ever had i'm gonna keep biking so pretty fired up to see a lot of new riders getting into to mountain biking yeah that's a really good point too is that one thing that you kind of hear people complaining about is how expensive top end bikes have gotten and a lot of them are Definitely. wildly expensive <laughs> but i think the really the key thing there is that there are a lot of bikes that are yeah not top of the line super blingy stuff but the price point that you have to hit to get into something that works really well has in a lot of ways come down and that you yeah sure it's not the fanciest thing you could possibly be buying but a lot of those more kind of mid-price stuff just works way 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 better than it did not very long ago and that trickle down of like technology has just gotten so good like you look at shimano dior which is their lowest level drivetrain bits and it functions so well and it's so consistent and you're just like oh okay like i don't have to spend a million dollars to get xtr i can ride this dior stuff and still have the same amount of yeah for sure that dior stuff is a really prime example of that it, oh, yeah. it works great it's kind of heavy but yeah. functionally super super good and very affordable so i'm definitely done some amazing a, stuff there not a weight weenie like i do not care about that and i'm running dior cranks on my dreadnought they are the heaviest things in the world they're just solid steel it feels like but I don't have to worry about anything. You know, you get a pedal strike and you're like, did I bend my carbon crank? Did I crack my carbon crank? And it's like these Dior ones. You're like, Psh, I think I hurt that rock more than my cranks. <laughs> yeah. And those Ibis AF bikes are another really killer one. We've reviewed the uh, Ripley AF. Haven't been on the Ripmo version of it, but yeah, yeah they're really spectacular builds for I mean, the money. If and you've they- ridden the carbon version you've ridden the alloy version. It rides exactly the same. It's just a little heavier. Like I've got some friends that are, I've still got friends hitting me up being like, Hey, I've been thinking about biking. Like, what should I get? And I'm like, Ripmo AF, like Ripley AF, one of those bikes, you're going to be fired up. Yeah. On that, that note of sort of 
the kind of beginner wave of riders that really kind of came in during the pandemic. Like you said, people were cooped up inside and yeah. came to mountain biking. It's just something that they could go do outside by themselves and not be around people and realized how awesome it is. Does it feel like that's really continuing or has that wave kind of crested and slowed down a little bit? Where does it feel like no, that's landed? I, I, I think it's maybe crested a little bit, but we're still seeing those same people that came to us at the beginning of the pandemic. We're like, Hey, I want to try biking. They're coming back into the shop and they're still, still riding their bikes and they're still stoked. And I don't think a lot of people are giving it up. Like even if a couple people do, I think the industry as a whole is, is doing well to see all these new riders come in. So uh, so, super cool and good to hear that it's sticking with people because mountain biking's awesome. And yeah, yeah. You see that smile on their face when they come back in the shop. Like even if they're in the shop because they need to get service done or something, they're just like, "Dude, biking is sweet." And you know, here in Bellingham in the Pacific Northwest, like we live in a great place for it. It's it's super accessible. You can ride your bike from the shop up to the trails. Like it's it's awesome. The access is insane. Yeah, for sure. It's a good place to be up here. Yeah. <laughs> and Rich, this has been sweet. Yeah. Uh, really good chatting and great rundown on Fanatic. Before we duck out, though, the show's called Bikes and Big Ideas, after all. Do you have a big idea to share with us? Oh, man, I can't give you all of my big ideas, you know, because we've got some, some stuff <laughs> working up here at Fanatic. Um, so stay tuned. Definitely subscribe to all of our social channels. We're on Instagram at Fanatic Bike. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. Website is fanaticbike.com. Um, I would say, I think my big idea for biking is just get as many kids on bikes as you can. Cause like I said, it's going to put a smile on your face. I know that when I got my first bike as a kid, it was like my, my opportunity to have like freedom. And I think we need to just give as many kids out on bikes as possible. I know it can be like a cost prohibitive sport, but, um, anything that the industry as a whole can do to get everyone like everyone on bikes is is a plus that's my big idea just let the kids run wild in the woods <laughs> right on yeah amen to that and been great chatting super Sweet. cool to be up here and been a lot of fun yeah thanks david uh i know you're you're around so let's get out and ride and if anybody wants to come up to bellingham stop by fanatic bike all right that's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. And if you're enjoying these podcasts, then we'd really appreciate it if you take a minute to leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts. I also want to say thanks to Rich for the conversation, thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening. From all of us at Blister, please take good care of yourself and everybody else, and we will talk to you again real soon. Bye, everybody. <laughs>